The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see See what music does to people. It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Unbreakable. With Jay Glazer, a mental health podcast, helping you out of the gray and into the blue. Now, here's Jay Glazer. Welcome into Unbreakable, a mental health podcast with Jay Glazer. I'm Jay Glazer. And before we get to our guest, quick word from our sponsor here. If you're like many people, you may be surprised to learn that one in five adults in this country experienced mental illness last year. Yet far too many fail to receive the support they need. Carolyn Behavioral Health is doing something about it. They understand that behavioral health is a key part of whole health, delivering compassionate care that treats physical, mental, emotional, and social needs in tandem. Carolyn Behavioral Health, raising the quality of life through empathy and action. Well, welcome in again to our Unbreakable podcast. And look, gang, you guys know normally on Sundays, I work with the NFL on Fox and we dominate Sunday mornings. But I don't know if we dominate as much as the 49ers dominated the Cowboys on Sunday night, not on our air. And with that, we welcome in their star defensive lineman, Eric Armstead. How you doing, buddy? Good. How you doing? I'm doing great, man. And and first thing, I always ask this of guys, always, day after a game, no matter what. How you feeling? You feel beat up or eh, you didn't really play that much last night because your your offense just, just was just crushing them? Yeah, you know, some games you get beat up when the plays stack up and you know, physical game, yeah. team running the ball or whatever, you know, you can get, get pretty beat up. And there was a lot of three and outs, a lot of turnovers. So we were off the field a lot. And, you know, I didn't even play the whole fourth quarter. So I'm feeling 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 pretty good, actually. When do you realize that, all right, tonight's going to be a little different, like everything's just going to work right for us? I've been a part of games, you know, 
with us throughout the years. A, a few games where it's just, you know, stuff's just going our way and we're flying around, we're making plays. And, and you know, it gets it gets ugly pretty quick. And, you know, we started off hot. I think that Fred punching that ball out right. um, was a was a game changer. Obviously, you know, we got got us a lot of momentum. And then, you know, they responded and got a turnover. Yep. And then we answered right back real quick, you know, got a stop, went down and scored on them. So I think, you know, from the very beginning, you know, we, we kind of dominated. It could have got a little uglier, a little faster, you know, if we, we executed uh, a little better in those moments as well, too. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it was it was a big game. We were ready to play and we wanted to, you know, keep our, yeah. our foot on their throat throughout the game. Okay, so like I'm I'm from the I have a fight background, so we know going into certain fights like real quick. Sometimes you could tell you put your hands on someone where you're like you could tell when somebody else across from you is having an off night, like mm-hmm. things just aren't as crisp, they aren't as sharp, and you're also realizing some of the things that you're doing, man. And even like some of you've already fought before, or trained with like, oh man, mm-hmm. I'm 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 taking them back a lot quicker than I normally would. I'm sinking mm-hmm. something in a lot quicker. Was it like that for you guys last night? Did you know it like coming right out of the gates like? man, either they're flat or we're so much more energized. Yeah. You know, I talked to to Trent Williams after the game, and uh, he said, you know, after the first drive, they felt like on offense that, yeah, you know, it was it was over with, that they couldn't stop them. So that's how they felt. You know, me personally, I'm battling against the offensive lineman. You know, I played against Zach Martin, who was a future Hall of Famer the whole game. So, you know, I'm locked in. You know, we're we're having our battle going back and forth, him trying to block me, me trying to get around him. So, you know, I was locked in, you know, I was I was ready to play the whole entire game and just stay locked in. Whenever I play against um him, he's he's an amazing player and I feel like he brings the best out of me and you know, I, I gotta stay on my A game. So throughout the game it was really never no um oh, I'm just gonna just run through him, right. you know, the entire game where I have played against some offensive linemen. It's like, oh, yeah, he can't stop none of my moves. Right. So. Were you guys surprised by anything out there that was a little bit easier to do against Dak or, or that you're able to throw him off his game so quickly? Um, in some ways, you know, I think the score was surprising. But, you know, when you look at the game, like break really break it down, we stop the run. That's what we do. We make teams one-dimensional. We were sticking in coverage. And we, you know, forced him to, you know, play quarterback and make some tough decisions. And, you know, that led to turnover. So that was the game plan, really. And I think the score got out of hand, you know. We got a lot of respect for them. You know, we think they have a, a great team as well, too. So the score was surprising. But, you know, what what we did wasn't necessarily um, surprising, you know, because that was the game plan and we went out there and executed. Hey, the whole Brock Purdy thing is unreal. Like, it's, it's one thing about being efficient. And, look, if you know if you click with Kyle, Kyle's a little, little evil genius. If you can click with his stuff, you'll be real efficient, right? But his level is – is it's ridiculous. I mean, you can't tell me you would ever see that property would have been this. No, I don't think I don't think anybody can, to be honest with you. You know, he's been playing phenomenal. I think he should be in the MVP conversation. You know, I think we got two guys who should be in the MVP conversation, him and CMC. And he's he's just playing at a high level. And I think that, like you said, you know, if you're able to understand Kyle and what he wants out of you and where um, you need to be efficient and deliver the ball and run his offense, you know, you can you can have some great success. 
And, you know, I think his skill set and his talent, you know, Kyle is, is really putting that on display. And that's what, you know, people are seeing uh, in our games is that efficiency, that decision making, um, that getting, getting the ball into the playmaker's hands. And, uh, man, Brock's been playing outstanding. What does he not get enough credit for? The things that you see, because Kyle also the other day was like, guys, he's not a system quarterback. What did he not get enough credit for? Well, I think um, if you look at where people get drafted in the NFL um, and how they start off their career, you know, that can do, um, you know, kind of good and bad. So, you know, how you're perceived, you know, if you're perceived as a super talented guy because um, you were a first-round pick or you're perceived as a, a late-round guy who's who's a hard worker who had to overcome. And so I think where he was drafted, you know, if, if he was a first-round pick, you know, we're talking about him in a completely different um kind of stratosphere you know if if any other first round pick was doing this any any other first round quarterback was doing this they would be talking about him you know he's a second coming he's so I think where you're drafted definitely dictate like the narrative on you and then um you know just the things I see is his calmness his moxie how he carries himself you know his poise and his decision making I think um really really set him apart and, you know, he's he's really just stepped in since day one and kind of been this guy. You know what I like about him also? Like, I started this league in 1993. So I've seen a lot of guys, whether players or coaches, become stars. And they quickly latch on to being famous being more important than being great. And I don't see that from him at all. Like, I'm sure everybody in the world's probably throwing things at him to do this marketing thing and that marketing thing and this and that. And it just doesn't seem like that interests him. Yeah, I'll tell a funny story. He had a huge commercial shoot at the stadium and they used a lot of our facilities. So guys were coming in and, you know, it was, it was, it was, it messed up our, our little flow, but he was just like so embarrassed about it. Like, sorry guys. Like, <laughs> uh, like man, I apologize guys. Like he was just so, he was just so embarrassed and we were all happy for him. Like, right. you know, man, like get that money and you know, you're balling, you deserve it, bro. He was like, oh, man, like, like he he, he was yeah, just like he's uncomfortable being a superstar. He was just, un- he was right. just uncomfortable with it. And he's, <laughs> he's a very he's a very humble dude, and yeah, you know he he deserves everything that he's getting and all the success that he's having because he you know he handles it the right way, right? And he does keep the main thing the main thing. All right, now I want to switch gears with you because again, this is a mental health podcast, and you're you've been very open about trying to help people with their mental health, with your mental health, uh, you know. And I, I don't know much about that that part of you, fill me in on the, that angle of Eric Armstead and why it was important for you to even start talking about. Yes. My faith has always been important to me and mm-hmm. spirituality has always been very important to me. Love that. And, you know, I've, I've shared and I'm open about that. And I think as I've gotten older and grown and um, realized the importance of mental health, I think my wife who um, we've been married uh, a little past three years now, and we've been together for about seven years. She's a child and adolescent psychiatrist. Oh, wow. Um, so I've been with her uh, since, you know, med school graduation, going through residency, going through fellowship, and her working 24-hour shifts and, you know, us having these conversations and me being able to, you know, have conversations of what she's going through and what her patients, you know, um, are going through and, like, the experiences that 
you know, a lot of the kids that she sees have. And, you know, that has even opened up my eyes even more into the importance. And so that's been great, you know, to be married to her and be able to learn, to be able to learn, you know, how to, how to help people and see how she helps people. And then also put more importance on our own mental health. So, you know, we do work uh, in the community. You know, my, my nonprofit that I started was mm-hmm. education based. So I wanted to provide educational opportunities and equity for underserved youth. And now, you know, uh, me and my wife, we did a, we did a football camp and a health fair where we offer mental health resources, screenings. And so now we want to wrap total services and resources around, you know, uh, youth just more than education because we believe in total wellness. And, you know, social, emotional wellness is very important. Um, and so if these kids can't, you know, if these kids go home and face trauma and all these things and don't have anybody, any resources to, to work through it, you know, how can we expect them to be successful in school or in life in general? And so we have these conversations about how we can help our community. And I've also learned personally about different things that I can do to, you know, help myself. You know, I start seeing a therapist, I start seeing a sports psychologist and, you know, working on my own mental health, you know, with, with everything that comes with, you know, with my life. And, you know, my life is very uh, singular, you know, I'm one person out of billions and um, everybody has struggles and everybody has different levels of things they go through. You know, mental health is, is the most important, you know, to take care of yourself. And um, so you can, you know, be the best for the people around you. So it just became, you know, super important. And it, you know, it is our life now, you know, after marrying my wife. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. i never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true, and I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things, and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stan the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. That's fantastic. Dude, look, this is what we need, right? For you and I to sit here and have a conversation like this, this wouldn't have happened five years ago. Right. And I, I wrote a book about this called Unbreakable, how I turned my depression and anxiety into motivation. And you can, too, because I was helping a lot of athletes. I was helping a lot of combat vets. And, you know, one thing we got to we got to realize, especially as athletes, to get on a level that you're at, you got to be off. OK, mm-hmm. to go into step into a cage like I've done, get on a football field on that level, go to war. You know, you, there's something off about us going in. Right. That That's always going to be there. And we got to use that to our advantage. And too many of us look at it and we feel ashamed. We feel embarrassed and, and we hide it. and We don't say anything to anybody else, but we've got to pick each other up. But it's it's also like you going to therapy is the smartest thing we can do. And I, I go in and I talk to teams about this. I said, you guys won't just catch passes when you have the drops or you don't just, you know, bench press when you feel you're getting weak. You're always freaking doing it. But for mental health wise, too many of us in that locker room there only go to the therapist after the sky is falling. It makes no sense. We got to be a lot more proactive about it than reactive, but there's not enough therapists for us yet. So I mm-hmm. tell, I, I, I try and tell a lot of players, man, lean into that dude on your right and your left. Like we're each other's best therapists, but we just don't know how to talk to each other about it yet. So that's why somebody like you coming out, giving it words, somebody like myself trying to give it words. If you could do this more with your teammates, think about how much closer this will all make you as a team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think shared adversity, you know, brings you together. And there's no one, you know, no people on earth who know more about the life and your struggles than, you know, your own teammates who, you know, we're all going through similar things. And like you said, it's tough. And a lot of times, you know, it might be a little awkward for people to, you know, get into those conversations, but there is a lot of growth and a lot of healing. And, um, can be super helpful to have, you know, those conversations. So yeah, man, it's, it's things have definitely, um, progressed. You know, I'll tell a, a story that happened, you know, two weeks ago, I upset one of my teammates. Um, I said something in, in the wrong setting and kind of embarrassed him. It didn't feel right for me. I was like, ah, but you know, he was upset. And he took the night and then the next day he, you know, first thing he did, he came up to me. He's like, man, what you did yesterday was not cool. It was upsetting. And I was like, man, I feel terrible. I'm sorry. I hope I can get your, you know, gain your respect back. You know, that was not my intention. And like a a conversation like that, like that's not how things used to go, right. you know, people would, used to be, shut, oh, shut the fuck up, suck it up, yeah, you know, stop yeah. being a wuss, right? And then, yeah, it, that's it, not, right. And, and really, and really that's, that's more manly than, than anything, you know, having the courage to have that conversation, you know, it's easy to, you know, go, go the other way, you know, like, yeah. oh, I'm not messing with him. He did this, woo, woo. But 
that's something that happened two weeks ago, you know, amongst teammates that, you know, can, you can learn and, yeah. and grow from and, you know, try to be better moving forward. And like you said, the, this, these type of things would have not happened a few right. years back. The, the best thing we could do that I've found is have a team you could lean into. And for years, I didn't, you know, I, I, if I was having an attack and I was supposed to go out, like, if I, if, I called the beast getting out of the box. If the beast was getting out of the box one night and I was supposed to go to dinner with someone, I would just take a couple of Vicodins and drink and go out and you know, kind of mask it that way. Or I put on this mask of, this, you know, you watch me on TV and it's the glaze and, you know, this big fun personality. And it was lonely as shit. And the lonelier I got, the darker I got and the more painful I got. So first time, I'm 53 now. First time I ever said anything, I was really like, man, I was off the reservation. And I was, it was the Super Bowl down in Tampa a couple of years ago. And I was flying in, and Rondé Barber has been one of my closest friends for years and years. And we have a little group down there. I call Rondé and a couple of friends that say, hey, man, I need to uh, need to meet you guys for, for dinner tonight. And I'm going through some shit. And they're like, yeah, we're all busy. I said, no, no, I need to meet with you all for dinner tonight and tell you guys what I'm going through. And, again, I didn't know how anybody was going to react. It was the first time I'd done it. And all three of them said, oh, oh, shit, okay, we hear you. We'll be there. And they, they changed their plans and they were there for me. And once I told them all about the, the real, the darkness of my depression and, and the anxiety and the, and the, the stories that the roommates in my head will tell each other, you know, then mm -hmm. to, to get me off, two of them were like, Oh man, I'm glad you said this. Cause I, I have it too. I just, I don't know what to do. I never knew who to talk to, but all three were there for me. And, and the point is for everybody out there, Ever since then, we have been so much closer together. So every time I've opened up, and shit, I'm opening up to you right here. This will give us a relationship. Like, it gets people closer together by being mm -hmm. able to share these experiences and not having to, you know, suffer alone and suffer in silence. Because that suffering gets us to do shit that we really don't mean to do. And and sometimes we feel we can't take it back. But even like you're saying, you were able to take it back. You guys were able to have this this conversation. So this vulnerability is really getting all of us as men to be closer than we ever thought we could. And that's, and that's really, you know, what, really what it's all about. You know, I believe in humanity. You know, I believe that as a society, we have to believe in, in humanity and realize that we are all more alike than we are different. And that is the, the common ground for empathy and compassion for others. And when you realize that, we're all pretty similar. We might just look a little different, talk a little different. And we all go through the same things. And we all really want the same things out of life, too. That puts you in a space where you can stop thinking about yourself and start thinking about others. And we all need that compassion, that empathy towards each other. No one wants to be isolated. No one wants to be by themselves. And we have to start thinking outside of ourselves and really creating that that uh that bond and, and that that sense of community and you know that that's the community you know who saved you yep. in in that in that situation and we got to start yep. start thinking about um others and you know really really building those bonds so i think it's a harder world for you guys nowadays too because you know social media makes us i mean holy shit we're getting just murdered by people, you know, all day long, right? So you're just hearing negativity, negativity, or we're comparing ourselves to somebody else's, you know, filtered, dressed up fraction of one second. It's a highlight of a day. And it 
getting us to think our lives suck. So like, like I had um, your GM, John Lynch, reached out to me once a couple of years ago saying, hey, we got a player, man, who's, you know, he's he's going through something. Listen, we just, a lot of us don't know how to deal with it. So I just said, hey, man, bring in one of your team leaders and have him kind of talk to me. He's got to be connected and just try and find out. And basically this one player was just, because I think social media, it made him think something that was totally not true. And this guy was going down a bad path. And it, by us being able to just talk about it and John being able to, to, to go to one of your, your players who we knew he was tight with and saying, Hey man, I, th- I think we got to kind of help him out a little bit. The other player was just like, Oh, that's totally not what any of us think of him. Like, no, not at all. And they were, uh, he was able to get like a little support group and, and rally around him. But I had a, I had another team, reach out not too long ago, a guy was going to quit and it's just going to quit. And it's just going to walk away from football because the shit that the social media stuff was just getting to him too much. And he was starting to believe it all. Mm-hmm. So same thing. I said, Hey man, bring him in. And I just told this coach, bring him in, connect with him, show him that, Hey, the stuff you're reading on social media isn't real. What I think about you and what your teammates think about you, that's real. And I think that's, you know, it's harder and harder nowadays because guys go right to their lockers right? They look right at their phones. So instead of looking at their teammates that are left and right, they're looking at this shit and they're getting their self-worth by what the, the social media is telling you. Yeah. And, you know, I think at times everyone at moments can fall, you know, as athletes can fall into that. But I think it's important to find perspective and being grounded in something that is, you know, in your control. You know, for me, it's my faith always grounded mm-hmm. in faith, always believing that, you know, my life is guided by God and, uh, you know, I'm, you know, living his purpose for me and he's in control. And I think for me, once I like relinquish that control and thinking like, oh, I, I'm the one who's making all this happen. I have, no, you control what you can control, which is, you know, your effort being a good person, how you treat people, mm-hmm. and then letting, you know, letting the chips fall, you know, where they may and realizing that, you know, this is all part of my journey and my plan. And so, I mean, I think that is a difficult thing for guys is um, where do you get that that sense of self-worth and that gratification from? And, you know, it's, it's hard and, you know, guys have to find that. And, you know, I, I worry about a lot of guys – you know, and even myself is scary at times too. You know, like when I'm when I'm done playing, mm-hmm. you know, years and years from now, like, you know, where am I going to get that from? You know, like, what am I going to do? Like, how will I handle like not being, you know, not being in this life anymore? You know, and I think it's a scary thing and yep. something that we all we all have to kind of talk about and, and figure out. And like you said, there's no one better to figure it out with than people who have gone through it and and been through it so i'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for god to give you your next step and you don't know what it is yet you need god to show you your next step because god i can't stay where i am like i am where it is this isn't going to work i I have to move on but i don't know where a lot of time you'll use it as an excuse well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. 
I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for deliverance. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. Look, when you leave football or you leave the military, you're losing the locker room and that sucks because we are, like I said, we're different, right? Mm-hmm. We're, not, we're not a nine to five office job. We don't fit into that. But a lot of us don't fit into that world. And you're also losing that structure. Like you've always been told where to go, when to go, who to go with, who to sit with, who to practice with, who to eat with, right? And that structure is gone. So it can be scary. So at least for now, for the rest of your career, start realizing, okay, that's going to be what life is. So I have to start preparing for that. But the thing I really, really want you to understand, really want you to understand, is that you have laid the blood and put that sweat out for you to go enjoy your life after and mm-hmm. too many guys, when they're done, look at it as, what's next? What's next? I got to get my next thing. I got to get my next thing instead mm-hmm. of enjoying it. And, you know, I just ran into a player at the, the Hall of Fame this year. And I say, man, how you doing? Great player. Great player. Just retired. Uh, and he's like, Jay, I'm doing great. I'm living down over here in San Diego. And this guy's made $100 million, whatever. And I said, he goes, I'm really enjoying it. I said, dude, I love to hear that because too many guys don't allow themselves that that grace. So you deserve mm-hmm. to go sit by the beach and do nothing for the rest of your life if you want and just go do hobbies, enjoy yourself. Because too many guys just think they got to jump in the next thing. And within a second, he said to me, okay, it's not true. I'm not doing good. Like I'm lost. I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. And I was like, hey, dude, just enjoy it. Like train yourself. So right now, start training yourself to allow yourself to enjoy mm-hmm that next step to enjoy, enjoy retirement enjoy whatever you're going to love that next step mm-hmm. don't race into i think a lot of guys jump in and race into their next thing that they're just not going to be happy about when you have a comfortability that you've worked your ass off for for so long yeah no i think that's very important our identity you know has been so wrapped up in this and you feel like 
you know, I, I got to find a new identity. Like, what am I going to do? And yeah. what's, what else can I conquer or be successful in? So I think a lot of guys definitely get wrapped up in that. And I think in the moment too, you know, finding that joy and trying to, that's why I started seeing a, a sports psychologist a few years back. I got done with the game and I just like, just wasn't feeling it, wasn't happy, really. You know, I'm coming home to my kids and stuff. I'm like, yo, like, you're so blessed. Like, why why are you not, in, like, enjoying this? You know, and, like. And then you beat up on yourself more for feeling Yeah, like. Yeah. Like, why are you, why are you acting like that? Like, there's nothing to be, you know. And talking to someone can help shift your perspective mm-hmm. and, and get you in a, shift your perspective to more a positive perspective and. You know, that's why I started speaking on because I'm like, you know, I'm I'm playing, I'm coming off the field, I'm like, I'm just mad, like just just frustrated. Like what so that that's been very helpful for me too. Yeah, our um, therapists are our coaches also. That's like there's a stigma around that. I'm like, they're coaches. It's the same thing. They're just coaches. They're coaches between our ears, which is, you know, way more valuable than coaching my, my biceps. Yeah, right? for sure. Did, I don't know if you want to share or not. Did they get to the root of why you were feeling that way and why you're beating up on yourself on that? Well, yeah, I, I think he just he helps shift my perspective back to the things that I can control. Like, I'm able to bring myself back, like to like, you know, more positivity and like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm I'm extremely fortunate, extremely blessed, and um, you know, I'm able to realize that. And I think, you know, the compassion I have for others allows me to be like, man, you know, I'm I'm really, I'm really am blessed. But I think uh, from a from a football perspective. He helped me to shift my focus to um, controlling what I can control, and you know I was I'm I, I was wrapped up in you know the production and you know stats and yeah. like having that wrapped up with how important I am or how impactful I am, which that's not necessarily in my control. Um, what is in my control is my preparation uh, to the game my my mindset entering the game and going out there and playing to the best of my ability and that is always good enough and that's always going to help my team and not getting so wrapped up in the stats and and what was what what happened after the game or being able to if I check these things off if I control these things if I study my opponent if I prepared if I played hard and if I did all those things, being happy with that and and letting the result be the result, because I know if I, if I did all those things, then I helped my team win the game. I love that. Like I said, I fought for a little while and I was the first guy in the NFL to actually fight in, in mixed martial arts. And then luckily Fox made me stop because I'm not very good, but I had to learn how to start coaching guys because I, I can't stop doing it. Like I need something for the roommates in my head to, to make me feel okay. So myself and, and Randy Couture and Chuck Liddell, man, we've coached, I don't know, upwards of a thousand NFL players and pro athletes and pro fighters and whatnot. But our mentality of our fight team is always, we tell our guys, man, don't care about the win and the loss. Let's take the ego out of the win and the loss. Just every time you step in that cage, think to yourself, I am going to make it the worst afternoon ever for that cat across from me. That's it. That's all I care about is making that horrible. That cage door locks. Oh, I'm going to make it so bad for you across me. You may win, mm-hmm. but it's going to be a horrible afternoon for you. And if you can take that ego out of it 
it makes you so much more dangerous of a football player or a fighter. And, you know, my, our fighters, like, shit, Randy was, I, I forget what his record was, was 16 and 10 or something like that. But, you know, I mean, hell, 20 of them were title fights and against guys that were 10, 15 years younger and a lot heavier than him. And um, it was just, I mean, shit, he was fighting Brock Lesnar one time and he had a torn elbow and like, hey, why don't we pull out of this? He's like, fucking pull out of him. I'm not pulling out of this. Can you imagine if I could beat him at 50%? That's all I give a shit about. Okay, if we win, we win. But I just want to... I want to beat him or slam him at 50%. That makes me much more of a gangster. So if you take that ego part out of it, which is what you're kind of basically doing here, you're taking mm-hmm. that ego out of it and just saying, hey, I'm only going to care about what I'm able to put into it, what my preparation is, what it leads to on the field, and the results, those are the results. It's not all just like a result, result, win, win. It also prevents you from fighting to not lose. Mm-hmm. That's, funny. that's funny you say that because that's that's been my mentality for football for a long time. I play for a lot of reasons, but probably like from a football peer standpoint, I get the most gratification out of the respect I get from the guy I'm going against. Mm-hmm. Like Zach Martin, a lot of respect for him came up to me after the game, man, you don't get the respect you deserve. You're a hell of a player, man. You're tough. Like that right there is, is what does it football wise for me. You know, like making sure that I get that respect and the guy who I'm playing against knows how good I am and making it a long day for them. And, you know, so I've, I've been that way for a long time. And that's funny you say that because I have that same mentality. And, you know, we, we have a lot of one-on-one matchups as right. O-line, D-line. You know, it's, it's kind of like, you know, it's, it's, it's a one-on-one matchup, you know, yeah. man man versus man. So. Um, that's that's really my mentality too when I'm on the field, and I want to earn that respect from my peers. You just try and break that dude across from you every single play, and mm-hmm. that's the only thing you can control. Hey, yeah. hey, tell me tell me about your your podcast, Third and Long Podcast. So Third and Long, uh, I just launched this season. Uh, I have weekly episodes where I'm breaking down our games, um, talking about talking about some you know other things going around the league, and I'm trying to bring fans closer to the game. I want to teach them about the game. Uh, so we break down film. I talk about, you know, the real, you know, behind why we won or why we lost. We haven't lost this year, but, uh, you know, what really happened in the game? You know, what were the, the really things that fans don't, you know, see with the common eye of why we won the game? And, you know, I talk about, you know, what, what's going on, uh, all things Niners and, you know, some things around the league. And, you know, I really want to, you know, give fans a new perspective. Uh, of the game and you know hopefully my goal is when they're watching on tv they're not just watching the ball right. and all the all the hoopla but they can actually like key in on some things that they want to watch and like oh yeah i see that that might be a small thing but that's a reason why you know the team is having success or they're not and so uh, i want to break those things down for fans you know give a new perspective uh on on the game I love that. Yeah, look, it's changed my life. Obviously, being an NFL insider, I learned I started in 93. I was the first minute-by-minute breaking news guy and starting in, like, 99 when that Internet thing came out, which I, I think is going to take off one day. And uh, <laughs> But I realized, man, these fans, they, they are thirsty. They want to know. They want to know. And the more we can kind of give them inside information or teach them or educate them, I think the less we'll get stupid Twitter Twitter messages like we don't know what we're talking about, right? They do. Exactly. The dude sitting in his mom's basement knows a three technique better than you. Like, 
Right. Okay. Right. So <laughs> I, I think it's great that you're doing that. And they have a thirst for more education. So yeah. I, I, I'm digging this. You have guests on that? Uh, we're going to start having guests. Yeah. I'm going to start having some teammates. Well, and, fuck, you better uh, get my ass on with you. Let's go. Yeah. Let's, let's do it. <laughs> you know, I want to, I want to, I want to have teammates. Uh, I want to have some other insiders, you know, talk you football. Uh, I think that'll be super fun. I want to get some, uh, get some, get some fans on too, hopefully. Um, and ha- have some cool conversations or- around the game and what's going on in the league. So yeah, we're going right. to start having some guests here shortly, probably in, probably in a couple weeks. I'm an insider. You got any, you, you want any inside info for me? You got any questions? Anything you want to know? <laughs> <laughs> we could, we could, de- we could definitely, we could definitely, uh, chop it up, talk, talk football. <laughs> I, I, I probably- definitely have to get you on there. Definitely, man. Definitely. I like it. I like it. Hey, but this, this conversation is more important than the mental no, health. No, a million percent. But, it, but it's all important. It all is. Look, for me, and it seems like for you also, there's a couple of things I need. One, I got to be of service. And that helps me between my, my ears. And you're being of service a lot with all the charity work you're doing. Two, I got to have a team. So I have my fight team. I have my Fox NFL Sunday team. Um, I have, but this is a way of having more teammates too. And by you having your third long podcast, that's a way to, um, to build your team also. And three, mm-hmm. I, laughter is huge for me. So I love talking NFL and fucking around and, 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 yeah. and people sitting there go, well, you know, mental health, it's, it's, it's serious. It is serious, but I got to use laughter to help offset a lot and, and make sure I don't get so dark. So it's okay. We still have some levity in our darkness. You know, I want my gray. I want to get through my gray to go see the blue. For sure, it's very very important to have some have some fun in there, uh, in between too. So before I let you go, last question: I ask every one of my guests this. It's called Unbreakable. Give me your unbreakable moment in life, as in the moment that would have broken you, could have broken you, should have broken you, but didn't, and as a result, you came through the other side of that tunnel stronger, and nobody could ever take that away from you. Hmm. I think for me. I don't think people understand how injuries weigh on your mental and how depressing they can be. And I battled a lot of injuries and I battled a lot of, you know, people being down on me and talking about me in a negative way. And I really had to like lock in both physically and mentally and, you know, overcome that. You know, I've seen, I've seen a lot of, players just going to dumps and college I had injuries and you know I was a big time recruit and wasn't necessarily having the success that people anticipated you know um was able to was able to overcome that in you know a moment where I'm gonna put myself in a position to to get into the NFL and then the NFL too you know I was on IR and really feeling like uh Bad physically and just terrible, isolated from the team. You get put over on the side and, yeah. Yeah, isolated from the Tough. team and just, you know, people talking bad about me, saying I, I, you know, wasn't, really wasn't nothing. And, uh, I focused in, put the, put the work in to, to overcome those things and, and change the trajectory of my life and my family's life. And, you know, those, those times, those times were pretty tough. But, you know, it was kind of like leaning in on my support system and it was like me and us versus, versus everybody. And I didn't really feel like anybody 
was messing with me at that point. You know, I was had like a chip on my shoulder that, you know, it's just me and uh, really locking in and turning the page and having, you know, some success and, and building a, building a life and a career for myself and uh, setting my, setting my family up, which is something I dreamed about since I was 10, 11 years old. I knew I wanted a wife. I knew I wanted kids. I knew I wanted to be successful. I knew I wanted to be a professional athlete and, you know, it wasn't starting off very good, but I turned turned it around. Love it, man. And again, that's people don't realize they look at guys like you. First of all, I want the world to know our wallets are not antidepressants. Just because no. we're getting paid a bunch of money doesn't mean our feelings don't hurt. And a lot of us who are on your level or my level, we're really emotional, which gets us to be in this level in the first place, which means our feelings hurt mm-hmm. a lot more than most. And mm-hmm. yeah, when you're hurt, you get thrown to the side and in the NFL or any sport, you get put over the sides, next man up and man, it's lonely. They'll say to you, how you doing today? But they're not really asking you how you're doing between your ears, just like how you feeling. So it's a, it's a hard thing to go through harder than the world has any idea about. Yeah. Now those, com- those conversations are different, you know, passing in the, when you're hurt, passing in the, uh, the hallways, yep. this is a little different, you know, a little different highs and a little different, a little different treatment. Well, I'm proud of you, man, for getting through that. I'm, I'm proud of you for your vulnerability. I'm proud of you for what you're doing for everybody else, man. And uh, I know, uh, man, if you throw the work in that you're throwing in football, your podcast is going to be successful as well, man. Especially when I come on and rock it for you, you'll be great. Yeah, yeah, that's that's going to be <laughs> that might be our number one number one hit. Let's do it, baby. Let's do it, man. Well, I really appreciate Eric Armstead coming off a huge win this week against the Dallas Cowboys, man. A freight train. Just keeps on rolling, and you're a huge part of that freight train, man. Thank you for joining me, bud. Appreciate you. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into Scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations, and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love Love at first first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see... See what music does to people. 
it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.